Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf played quarterback for Washington State University. Tremendous athlete. Multi-talented in what he could do. It wasn't long after his time at the university that Ryan Leaf signed a big, fat contract with the NFL. Ryan Leaf was on his way. The problem is that Ryan Leaf's attitude of arrogance and presumption alienated him from everybody in the NFL. He, he alienated his coaches. He alienated his, his fellow players. He refused to do what they asked him to do. After three short years, Ryan Leaf was out of the NFL. At least he had all that money from that big fat contract. He quickly burned through that money too. A drug issue arose. Then came a life of crime. Today Ryan Leaf is serving time in a prison in the middle of Montana. Jessica Steinhauser. Jessica Steinhauser scored 1,440 on her SAT. Very high. She had an IQ of 156. Very high. She became a member of Mensa, the society made up of people who have genius IQs. She had a full ride scholarship to Rutgers University. Jessica Steinhauser was on her way. She was there ready to nurture all the talents that she had been given and she could go out into the world and impact the lives of many, many in wonderful ways. Jessica Steinhauser goes by a different name now. You see, instead of developing her brilliant mind, she allowed herself to be talked into entering the dark world of the adult film industry. A number of years ago, there was a, a movie made called The Bronx Tale. There is a famous quote that has come out of that movie, The Bronx Tale, and the quote is this. There is nothing more tragic than wasted talent. 
There is nothing more tragic than wasted talent. If a broken old world around us can see this and recognize this for the truth that it is, how much more true it is when it comes to our relationship with a perfectly good and generous God. Here's the setting for the Word of God before us this morning. It's Jerusalem. It's a Tuesday afternoon. It's just a a handful of, of days before Jesus goes to the cross. Nobody else knows this, of course, but but Jesus knows. On that Tuesday afternoon, Jesus and his disciples take a little walk outside of the, the city gates of Jerusalem, outside the city walls. They cross a little ravine, and then they go up on, a, on an elevation just to the, the east of the city called the Mount of Olives. And, and there on the Mount of Olives, Jesus spends some time telling his disciples about how all this is going to end. When God one day comes and rolls up this broken old world like a carpet, what's going to happen on the last day? To to do this, Jesus unfolds a a number of, of illustrations to paint a picture of what the last day will entail. One of those illustrations involves this story. A a wealthy and generous, generous master is getting ready to go on a long journey. Before he leaves, he entrusts to three of his servants an extraordinary amount of money to to take care of. Now, we have to understand in in the translation before us, it it, it speaks in terms of that he gave one five bags of gold and he gave another two bags of gold and he gave another one bag of gold. That, that translation is fine. It probably does a little bit of a disservice to, to what the original New Testament Greek is saying. The, what's translated here, bags of gold, in, in the Greek is, is referred to as a talent. A talent at, at the time of Jesus referred to a specific amount of money. Now, how much was a talent? A, one talent was the amount of 20 years worth of wages for the common laborer. 20 years of wages. One talent. And so he gives these gifts to these three servants. The master goes off on a long journey. Long time passes. Finally, the master comes back home. The servant with with five talents, been very faithful in taking care of those five talents, and and that effort, that that faithfulness has produced five more. The the master's response, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in in your master's happiness. Likewise, the servant with with two talents, very faithful in taking care of those two talents. The master's response, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. Come, share in your, hap- your, your, your master's happiness. Then there was the final servant to whom the master had entrusted the one talent, the, the, the 20 years worth of wages. As soon as this servant meets up with the master, he concocts this straw man argument as an excuse for why he has done absolutely nothing with this talent over this long period of time. Master, he says, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. The master's reply You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, at least according to the servant. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. And then the master says to some other servants, Take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one who has ten. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping, gnashing of teeth, Wasting what we have been given to use is no small thing with God. Wasting what we have been given to use is no small thing with God. You know, there are times perhaps when you and I think about the message of the gospel and what Jesus has done, when we think about it in, in kind of a classroom type of setting or, or we just discuss it in, in some kind of theoretical sense, we might slip into thinking, well, I don't know if I'm really comfortable with, with Jesus coming to, to die for the sins of all people because believe you me, I've run into some pretty nasty people in my time And I read the news, and I know that there are some truly malevolent people in this world, and the idea that that Jesus came to die for them too? I'm not sure if I'm all that thrilled about that. Before you and I get too comfortable with that kind of thinking, How about you and I try a thought experiment? Let's say God takes you up on your concern and says, okay, okay. How about this? That Jesus' blood washes away everyone's sins except 
addressing your concern that the really bad, awful people in the world, well, the, the, the bottom 5% Jesus' blood will not apply. Fast forward to the last day. There I am standing before God's throne, and I hear announced my name, and I find that my name is part of the bottom 5%. And then I hear why. I gave you talent. I gave you ability. I gave you opportunity to do so many wonderful things. And you wasted it. You dug a hole and you put it in the ground. As you consider all the aspects of your life, can you say that in all those different areas of your life, you have been the kind of person you might have been? The kind of person you could have been? The kind of person you should have been. Have you been the kind of father you should have been? The kind of mother you should have been? The kind of son or daughter you should have been to your parent when your parent needed you? Have you been the kind of husband or wife, you should have been. Have you been the kind of aunt or uncle you should have been at those times when you had a niece or a nephew who really could have used you? Have you been the kind of steady non-gossiping, uncomplaining, dependable worker you should have been? Have you been the kind of person looking out for the needs of others in your responsibility, the kind of person you should have been? Have you always been the kind of friend you should have been? Brothers and sisters, as you and I look at all the different aspects of, of your life and mine, we just have to acknowledge that in those dark pockets where we have failed, in answer to that question, you and I just have to say, no. Therefore, thank God 
that when Jesus came, he did not say, my blood is not going to help out the bottom 5%. Rather, when Jesus came, his blood came to wash away all the sins of all people, of all time. Because it means for sure that he has also washed away the sins of the likes of you and me, including those times when we have wasted, wasted what the Lord has entrusted to us. He's washed that all away, and in its place, he has covered it all over with the holiness of the perfect life of faithfulness that Jesus Christ came to live on our behalf. So that now, through faith in him, you and I are forgiven. We are embraced. We are loved. We are his. And now refreshed in that forgiveness. Give yourself, give yourself a moment of godly candor. What is a talent or an ability or an opportunity or a knack that the Lord has chosen to entrust for a while to you instead of coasting with it? How about you lean into it a little bit? Lean into that ability. Give it the respect that a gift from God deserves. And as you do, put it into the Lord's service. Use it to touch another soul. Be used by Jesus for him to touch the lives of others through you. When that happens, under the blessing of our good shepherd, what you experience will make your life sweet. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.